I mean, he's been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work, episode 82 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by Audio Technica. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and today we've got Dr. Jennifer Hazel on the show. That's right, doctor. She is the founder and the executive director of Checkpoint. Checkpoint is a not-for-profit charity group that connects mental health resources with video games, technology, gamers, and people who make these games. So it's been interesting to see this group grow awareness as their community grows over the past few years, especially rallying home that message that mental health issues are out there, but they can also be helped by video games and that video games aren't the cause of a lot of these issues that people try to connect to things that happen, for example, gun violence and such. And what makes Jennifer such an interesting proponent of Checkpoint is that she has this medical background. She's a psychiatrist, she's a practicing clinician, and it was through her love for video games as an emergency department doctor that she kind of saw there was room to combine those two interests and raise awareness of mental health issues and support gamers who, just like everyone else out there, struggle with these issues and need a community that can support them. So Checkpoint's running a pretty big fundraiser real soon. It's called Great Games Done Slow and it's encouraging people to play whatever games they want, to stream them, to relax, to have a great time, not worrying about the stress that often comes with playing some of these frustrating games. And I'm sure that's really going to do a lot of good and raise a lot of money for a good cause because there's a lot of cool people involved already. So head over to the website, checkpointorg.com. You can see all about what's happening with Checkpoint and Great Games Done Slow. That is the 15th till the 21st of September, and you can also see that at greatgamesdoneslow.com. So, without further ado, here is Jennifer Hazel, Dr. Jennifer Hazel. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining me, Jennifer. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you getting up there exceedingly early to cater to my odd time zone. Oh, it's all good. So you're in New Zealand now. Uh, is that the permanent home for you? Mm, yeah, that's the plan. We moved to Wellington a few months ago, which is really exciting because there's really, really cool stuff happening with mental health and games in New Zealand. And that's that's the, the plan. We're, we're actually buying a Well, we're going to try to buy a house. I'm very excited. It's very grown up. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that is grown up. And uh, speaking of being grown up, I think you're the first doctor to appear on this podcast. So I'm all about the firsts on this show. Oh, cool. That's probably one of the things that I guess separates you from most people in this, well, in the gaming community is you have that medical background. So I want to talk about those two kind of different sides to your life and how they've come together. So let's maybe start with how you got into games and took them a bit more seriously than what uh, most, well, a lot of people do. Well... It's a, a long story, Th- 30 years in the making so far, starting in a small house in southeast London. Um, basically, my my mum was really into games. Um, she has been, you know, forever. Um, we still play together. And uh, she was, I think it was about, I was about five when the SNES, well, not when the SNES came out, but when my dad bought one for sure. my mum. And and we used to play Mario together, and that was where our our kind of we, we bonded in through gaming. It was it was one of the ways that that I was always able to connect to my mum, and we were able to find you know togetherness in in gaming, and it kind of shaped who I was to become. All my friends at school were into games, and I kind of actively seek people out that were into games. And then um, 
I don't know. For some reason, I decided to be a doctor, and uh, <laughs> I, I did all all the the tests and and, and got into medical school. And I, I kind of on reflection, I still don't really know how. I, I often feel like I was maybe too young to make that decision, but you know, it it, it happened. And and um, at the, the peachy age of of twenty three, I graduated and and was a doctor. Um, and I I found myself kind of working stupid hours, like you know absolutely overwhelmingly much um and only ever seeing other doctors and, and nurses and healthcare professionals socially and um I kind of I just really missed the social aspect of of the games community and and having friends who got it because I still played games um I just didn't have anyone mm. to talk to about it uh and you know fortunately the internet exists so those sorts of barriers to socializing and, and finding like-minded people don't really exist so I just actively sought out people in the games community so that I could have some some friends you know as, as a proactive way of keeping myself socially engaged in a way that I wanted to be um, and of course as, as you know the gaming community is very passionate and very welcoming to, to people who share that passion so it was quite easy to, to find a way to slot in um, and I initially did that by doing YouTube videos. I don't know if you knew that. Mm. I, I thought you were a streamer for some time. Is that still? Is that was? It, is that true? Yeah, yeah, same diff. Uh, right. So that was kind of on the the rise of Twitch. Um, mm -hmm. I'd stream when when I could be bothered, but yeah, mostly it was YouTube videos. Okay, and what kind of YouTube videos were you doing? Were they let's plays or were they like opinion discussions or? A bit of both, mostly let's plays um, of. Indie games. I really like. I really liked indie games. Sure. And was there a focus at that point on kind of the deeper side of the mental health and no. social aspects? No. No. In fact, just fun. you know, so sometimes when I because uh, this was before I was specialising in in psychiatry, um, and when I go back to those kind of earlier videos, I um the the way you know, and the, 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 this displays how even those in the medical community are perpetuating some of those really terrible stigmas um mm. is i had no idea about how damaging the the kind of the use of mental illness as a mechanic could be and some of the slurs and i'm really embarrassed when i, I look over those old videos i think i think everybody can relate to that you know when you look at something that you did oh god how many years ago would that have been now like six years ago um kind of thinking oh maybe that wasn't the best way to be Hmm. Yeah, it's not that long ago either. So I guess that shows on the plus side how far things have come in a short period of time. Well, yeah, it's, I guess it's all about just trying to do your bit and educate. And I didn't really understand it at the time. But yeah, so I, I used to do I used to do indie game Let's Plays. Hmm. And did that somewhat take off for you? Would you call it a successful endeavour? I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't really doing it for success. I was doing it for... Fun fun yeah. and to have people to hang out with and I made some of my best friends through that I am very happy to call my best friends today mm, that's cool and how did the uh I guess medical community react to discovering your love for gaming and to that degree that you were you know creating YouTube videos about it they never knew they never knew <laughs> you didn't let them in no it was my secret life oh yeah and why is that well, they they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get it. Yeah, I suppose that's what you were leading to. Yeah, is, is I guess they, it's uh, it's two worlds, really, isn't it? Or it was at that point. Oh, they're toys to them. Like yeah. 
a lot of them anyway, things are getting a little bit better. People are starting to see the benefits of it now, slowly but surely. And I'm I'm sure that a lot of that is due to the media kind of trying to represent gaming as a medium more responsibly and, and also kind of just being forced into it because there's only so many years you can shove your fingers in your ears and go la 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 and just ignore what's happening right in mm. front of you that the gaming industry is more profitable than movies and music combined um that esports is a legitimate activity that is exceptionally popular mm-hmm. and that games can be a powerful tool for people's well-being and mental health you know the the the, the evidence for all of these things is stacking up and i think slowly but surely the way that they're being portrayed publicly is starting to reflect that a bit more <laughs> objectively yeah. i don't know it's always it's it always everybody's favorite scapegoat though still hey yeah it's interesting <laughs> i mean it, it, it is hard to ignore when probably you know a quarter of the newsroom is probably gamers and then 50 percent of it their kids are playing games all the time so they're exposed to it a lot more so you can see that kind of shifting view of, of what they are and and what they are about but yeah there is the I guess it, maybe it's that t- extra twenty five percent of these made up numbers that I'm I'm coming up with that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that goes oh there was a violent you know there was a violent massacre and this game's really popular it apparently was the video so, games yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a really interesting meeting at work actually not long ago because um they they all know what I do now in terms of you know I, I'm I'm not doing it for fun anymore I'm I'm running a business and mm-hmm. um. Uh, we had a, a meeting where the staff were like, look, we've, we've got lots of clients who are into games and they play Fortnite and we've heard about this Fortnite on the telly <laughs> and um, and can you tell us a bit more about it? And I used it as an opportunity to educate them about how gaming is an important form of, of many people's well-being structure. Um, it can be an adaptive coping strategy. It's an incredibly valuable form of, valuable form of socialising and uh, a really rewarding activity and you know I used it as a way to say well it could we frame this as a positive thing that we can use to connect to our patients in terms of you play this game why do you do that how does that make you feel what what's what's positive about it for you tell me about the game and, and using it to build a rapport and it went down really well which was lovely and very validating hmm. and so how did you end up uh well, I guess let's go back to the the medical stuff. You said you kind of decided to be to study medicine or medical school without really knowing why. <laughs> it must have been quite a effort to get through those years. Uh, I mean, you must have had at least some level of passion for that caring and nurturing side of of healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind um, of. <laughs> it, yeah. It, or you just committed to it, and that's the kind of person you are. Because you get to meet people and that's really cool, and you you act as a little detective. It's that that's kind of all medicine is really is is detective work, but with people. People. Yeah. Their exactly. bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I did I did really enjoy it. I really enjoyed emergency medicine because it's fast paced and incredibly varied. As I said, I kind of fell into it, but I don't regret it. I very very much enjoy what I do, and I enjoy the privilege of being able to be a small part of people's lives when they're at their most vulnerable is you know Mm. exceptionally um rewarding for me as a person sure and when was it that you decided to specialize in the mental health side of things Uh, that was in the latter end of 2015 
14. As I said, I worked in emergency medicine for many years and I was actually training to be an emergency department physician as in like that would have been my permanent job. Mm. Um, And as part of that, we have to do mandatory, they call them secondments. So they they send you to another specialty for like 10 weeks at a time so that you can learn different skills. So you have to do um, like intensive care um, and anesthetics and mental health. Uh, And when I was on my mental health secondment, uh, I met a few doctors that were really inspiring and I found that I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, And I found it a lot more, it just suited me better than than emergency department stuff. Um, Plus, you know, you you can have a life with it, which is really important for me. Um, And I had a very interesting conversation with a boss of mine who was... I think he's still working, but he really needs to retire. I think he's about three or four hundred years old. And uh, he he was like going on about how games are really terrible and how they're addictive and they cause people to be violent. And I was like, yeah, sorry, but nah. Um, and presented him with a whole bunch of objective evidence, um, you know, research papers and clinical studies that, that proved my point. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, was very amenable to being corrected, which is, you know, stands testament to his character. Um, and he was like, well, do you want to tell, you know, the whole department a bit more about that in, in a presentation? So I, I did a kind of, uh, you know, PowerPoint presentation, which had GIFs in it, which moved. To, to them, it was like magic. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, I, yeah it just kind of I just fell into it from there. I realised, well... If I'm standing up here teaching all these healthcare professionals that games can be a positive thing for people's mental health, then maybe I could be doing that for the gaming community as well. Yeah, it's interesting how kind of just an innocent conversation was really the basis of your brand as a you know as a personality and someone that has quite a bit of influence in in that part of the community. Honestly, I think about it all the time. Like I remember what I was wearing. <laughs> I remember where I was sitting. It is. It is absolutely incredible how, you know, you can go into work one day and not really have any expectations and one conversation will shape, you know, the rest of your Mm. life is outstanding. And so doing those kinds of presentations, how did that eventually lead to founding Checkpoint? Those talks were something that I was just kind of doing as... I don't know, maybe like even just a hobby thing or I thought, oh, this is a nice thing to do. Um, And at the same time, this coincided with me actually taking on mental health as a profession and getting enrolled in the training program and and getting a job and all of that stuff. Um, And as I say, from from doing YouTube, I met quite a lot of friends who were really into games. And that included um, a chap called Guy Blomberg, who is often better known as Yug. Mr. He, Pax. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the um, content manager for Pax Australia. He's now the content manager for everything that Read Pop does, which includes all of the Pax shows, EGX, Comic Con, um, yeah. and a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's pretty awesome, awesome fella to know. Um, and I told him about what I was doing. He was like, You should come and do something like that at Pax. It sounds like it would be really useful for the community. And we're all about supporting our community. And uh, he very much not just helped me, but shoved me through the door, I guess, to introducing these sorts of concepts to 
um, the Australian gaming community via panels and talks and just spreading information. And he's always been really supportive of of the the cause, which is obviously very positive because you want the people at the top yeah. to be advocating for people's mental health. Sure. And that was the the start of Checkpoint, essentially? Yeah, pretty much. Um, figured that we would legitimise it by putting it under an actual company because it adds it adds a reputation. It allows us to fundraise and it also yeah. kind of there's the legal logistics of protecting yourself um, with, you know, liability yeah. and stuff like that. But it, it, it's mostly because if it was just me, it, it's not... It's not a brand that people can feel comforted by. Whereas if it's Checkpoint, this is, you know, this is something that they can own and be part of and have. And it's it's there for mm. the community, really. And it's, you know, been a place that you can, I guess, compile resources and guides and mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. It's exactly yeah. what it is. It's a little community where there are a whole bunch of gaming-specific mental health resources. People come together, they use them, they play games, they share... Um, other resources that they found and they support each other through rough times. Um, and it's it's a way of raising awareness, reducing stigma and helping people take that first step on their well-being journey using the power mm. of video games. And so my introduction to Checkpoint and to you was a panel at PAX last year, which I think was how to do like a charity stream. So has have charity streams been a big part of getting Checkpoint, I guess, not just raising money to improve, you know, mental health with gamers, but also awareness for the brand itself of Checkpoint? Yeah, absolutely. The content creation community are really, really passionate about this stuff and very willing to help. And their audiences are very passionate and they're very dedicated audiences. So um, the, the fundraising aside, it's just an excellent way to ex like gain exposure and raise mm. awareness. Uh, I was actually on that panel because of generosity, yeah. obviously. Amazing. They do good stuff. They do very good stuff. they got some very exciting things planned for PAX this year. Yes. Can't wait to see what that is. Um, so when you're going about your daily checkpoint life, is there a focus on uh, what can we do to help people today? Or is it how can we build checkpoint as a company and as a brand so that, you know, ultimately in the bigger picture, we can help more people? Uh, I do both. Yeah. So I, I run the business side of things and I also create the mental health resources. Mm. And then I have a really wonderful team of people that help with all of the other little bits that well, not little bits, they're huge bits, but, you know, all the other things that go into, like, all the other cogs that make the machine turn. So I have an incredible social media and community manager. I have volunteer managers who coordinate all of our events um, and people who run all the gaming sessions behind the scenes as well. So um, it's it's surprising how much effort goes into making, <laughs> making a company run. Um, it's something that... You know, I'm I'm never going to say that I've I've experienced or I know what I'm doing because I don't. Nobody does. And just kind of wading through and figuring things out as we go along, I suppose. Sure. And I think this year things seem to have picked up quite a bit, uh, at least in terms of visibility. You have that that video that came out at the start of the year. What would be the main goal of Checkpoint at this point? And we want to expand our community so that we can reach as many people as possible. Yeah. Bigger the family, the happier. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of uh, key messages, are there any like particular 
things that people seem to want to talk to you about the most or that you feel when you have an opportunity to speak with, whether it's a media or documentary, whatever it is, that these are the main messages that you want to put out there? Well, look, one in four people will have a mental health issue at some point in their life. Um, some In some places that goes up to 50% of people, so half, you know, this is extremely prevalent. And the way that we engage with video games is an incredibly powerful opportunity to make a difference. The people who play games are very passionate and they do it because they get something from it. So our message is you're not alone. It's okay to experience mental health issues and it's okay to get help for them. And if you want to do that through video games, then all power to you. You do whatever it takes to get you well and on track. You do what is important for you and we will help you to do that through video games. That's cool. So I just made that up on the spot. That was yeah, quite cool, wasn't it? Was. It sounds like you've done this before. <laughs> uh, no, no, that one, actually, because no one's ever asked me that. <laughs> and that one I did make up and I'm going to be using that because I really liked it. Cool. I mean, because it is true. It's not like I made it up. <laughs> it's not like I made it up from like, this isn't what we're doing. Like, it is what we're doing. I've just never said it in those words before. Thank we'll you. We'll have to clip it out and uh, tweet it out yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you find that... Uh, it's been exciting to see Checkpoint gain that brand awareness and have people approach you more often to be the, you know, resident expert on this topic or the opposing view when something controversial comes up. Oh, mate, it's so cool. I've got a few, like, little little cool wins. Uh, yeah. When Jennifer Hale messaged us and was like, I will help you in any way that I can. And I was like, actually, <laughs> we do have something that you might do, Mrs. Very Famous Voice Actress or Voice Actor. Um, uh, and she did a mindful meditation exercise for us, which you can watch on YouTube like right now. Just Google Checkpoint Jennifer Hale Mindful Breathing. Um, that was like, that was, that was incredibly validating That's right. of, of these very prominent people in in the industry who were very much looked up to and, and well-loved being like, okay, I have the power to send a positive message. I have the power to do good and I want to do that and I would like to use you as a kind of conduit for doing that. Um, you know, we've had Ken Levine get in touch mm. with us, uh, the creator of Bioshock, and we went and interviewed him, which was fantastic. We've been to the Naughty Dog Studios. This is all very developer-heavy, but that's, that's, um, pretty that's cool kind of, to me. I guess, where we focused <laughs> so far. Um, and we've currently got nearly a thousand people in our Discord community who all hang out and contribute. And we go to however many conventions a year. I think it's like what, 15 now. Hmm. And that's an international effort. We're in Australia, New Zealand and the UK. So it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's hard to, to put a... A feeling on it other than it's it's very validating and it makes me very grateful sure so if if the current goal is kind of awareness and validating people's use of games to cope with mental health what would be the phase after that or is it too far away to think that far ahead uh our um i guess if you want to talk about a five-year plan we we want to um make a game yeah that will harness all of that power um and will hopefully make a real difference in a lot of people's lives that sounds really cool 
Because I mean, I, yeah, I know, doesn't it? Because <laughs> I like just thinking about the past year or so. Some of the most memorable games I've played as someone that really has no experience with bad mental health, I guess, is Celeste and Hellblade, and they both have really powerful messages about dealing with those kinds of issues. They are both so good. Mm. Look forward to that one. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess there's two there's two ways you can approach it. There's the games that represent mental health issues, which are the ones that you've referred to. So um, Celeste, obviously, is uh, the whole game is an analogy for the journey of mental illness or, or recovery from mental illness. And it's symbolically represented really beautifully, sometimes not so symbolically. <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite apparent when you've got two, two halves of the same character. Yeah. Um, and then there's Hellblade, which is obviously a representation of how it feels to have psychosis, which was made with the input from people who have lived experience of psychosis. Uh, and it's an exceptional piece of art that I can't speak highly enough about. Mm. So they're the ones that represent mental health issues. And then you've got the games that are designed to aid, assist, improve or treat mental health issues um, like sparks uh like flowy like um super better which i guess isn't a game it's more of a gamified app but um the, these sorts of treating games and that that's where we want to sit okay. um we want yeah. we want to sit on the treatment side of things which is why we're doing research at the moment we're trying to gather as much data as we can about what is it that makes games beneficial and how can we harness those things that's really interesting so uh, speaking of games as like I guess uh, remedial medium, you've got this mm. uh, charity coming up. Good games done slow is that the name? Yeah, great games done slow. Great games done I'm slow. I'm very yeah. excited about it. That sounds really cool. Is this uh, your biggest event that you've put together? It probably is. Um, the Kickstarter was pretty big, but that was for you know a, a, a goal that oh, yeah, it was a Kickstarter, right? So we were raising money for. A thing, whereas this is, um, yes, it's a fundraising event, but mm. also it's um, an opportunity to raise awareness for the brand, for um, mental health as a concept, and how games can assist with mental health. So, just the the spiel is is great games done slow is um, a live stream charity campaign which encourages the streamer to use games in. A slow, relaxing, mindful way to improve well-being. So basically think the opposite of games done quick. Take out all limits or um, use a game that's not traditionally very relaxing, but change it into a relaxing twist. Those are the sorts of challenges that we're trying to encourage. Uh, And we're providing our streamers with mental health resources for their audiences and a guide about how to communicate with mental health issues which games might be good we're going to have heaps of giveaway like i think we've got like thousands of keys to give away at this point um cool so we're trying to we're using it as a way to raise awareness for the brand for mental health issues and to to help as many people as possible in a very short space of time and so when money is raised for these kinds of events what's the i guess the practical benefit to people that uh well who benefits when you are able to put that money towards something the community benefits because we can use that money to create more resources for them Mm -hmm. whether that be further 
uh, awareness campaigns like this or whether it be actual tangible resources that they can take away and use. So we have an, a number of downloadable mental health information packs that have like actual tips and things in them to help people improve their own well-being, boost their resilience, manage stress, things like that. So, you know, we can't create those without money. We can't do yeah. our um, gaming sessions without money because, you know, obviously I have to pay my staff. Um, and ultimately we want to we wanna get this game development project underway and we want to um, expand our online community so that we have counsellors actually in there helping people ad hoc and providing a real service. That's really cool. That's uh, the 15th to the 21st of September. Yes. Yeah. com. if anyone wants to get on board and support that. That would be awesome. Please do. You can support it by watching or you can support it by being in it, which is really mm. awesome. So yep. Anyone can sign up. So please come along and see what you can do to contribute. Fantastic. So Jennifer, what's been the hardest part of getting, I guess, checkpoint to the point where it is? Hmm. I think the hardest part has been being taken seriously. Yeah. And it's getting easier, but no one... Is that by... The medical community, I guess, or is it a anyone that anyone that's not a gamer? Right. So gamers <laughs> yeah. have been very quick to go. Oh yeah, mental health a, a thing, and we we play the games for these reasons. They're on board with that from the start. Yep. Yeah, but like well, we've had no external support, like no government support, no external sponsorship outside of the games industry. Um, almost no medical support. Uh, it's really tough breaking down those barriers but you know we just got to keep at it and create a positive message set an example and continue doing that work because eventually it will happen it's just taken hmm. it, it's a long slog and someone's got to do it and we're in a position where we're, we're prepared to do that yeah hopefully that's the seeds being planted for oh absolutely at the time where it will be very well supported and is that part of the job too is i guess lobbying for yeah. support even if it doesn't come yeah yeah for sure um it's you know my job's multifaceted but it's everything i do is to to spread that message so whether it's building up checkpoint or assisting members of the community it's all mm. always to move forward because ultimately the goal is that everyone will understand that mental health issues are incredibly common and you can use games to help yourself uh, and others and the only way to get to that goal of everyone understanding that is to keep shouting about it and to prove it. So that's what we're, we're doing. Cool. And I know Checkpoint was founded when you were living over here in Australia. Is it an Australian company or is it? would you consider it international by the fact that you live overseas now? I mean, legally, it's an Australian company. Right. Um, we've always practiced business internationally because our resources aren't you know they're not they're not um restricted to australian use anyone anywhere in the world can download them anyone anywhere in the world can participate in our community and mm. our gaming sessions um and have you found that to be the case where people internationally have been joining that community yeah we're only about 40 percent australian mm, every that's rad. other 60 percent is everywhere else that's fantastic yeah it's real cool so what would you say is your advice to anyone who 
I guess you could take it from a few different perspectives, but wants to make some positive change, wants to help improve mental health, wants to raise some money for, you know, a, a something that they're passionate about, whether it's mental health or something else, maybe. Uh, in terms of the mental health side of things, the, I think the most important thing is to educate yourself about what issues there are and to be able to set yourself as a model. So one of the most important things is that people who have influence, people that who are um, looked up to in the community, people who have a, a reach are able to publicly normalise the experience of mental health and to advocate for help-seeking behaviour. So even if one, even if you haven't had a mental health issue, to be able to say, well, look, I can see that this is incredibly common. I can see that lots of people have it. Um, educate themselves so that they're referring, like using the right phrases and not using stigmatizing language and encouraging mm -hmm. people to be able to seek help and understand that it's totally okay to do that. That's the mental health side of things. In terms of if you want to raise money for a, pa a cause you're passionate about, go and do it. Do whatever you're good at. People are really generous in general. Um, it's really lovely to see. And if you're if you have a passion, people will see that passion and they will want to contribute and help out in some way. And I think if you if you try it, if you give it a go, you'll be surprised at how receptive people can be. That is cool. Jennifer, last question for you. Yeah. If you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Jeez. Anything. Anything. Well, what's failure? It's uh, not succeeding. <laughs> yeah, but what is success? Ooh, now we're getting into it. I guess success is achieving the the aim of what you set out to do. what you wanted no my my aim is 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 fulfillment and you know to, to feel like i've done good um what would i i mean i think i'd do exactly what i was doing yeah, that's a good answer i know that that sounds terrible doesn't it well a few people have said that and it's a valid response it means that you're on the right path i think i'd also um what else would i do i i'd also uh launch a karaoke bar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's all. There you go. You want to? That's my other thing. You're gonna make a game and you're gonna launch a karaoke bar. Yeah. That's awesome. They're two very exciting things that I look forward to uh, hearing more about at PAX. Are you gonna be at uh, PAX Australia this year? Absolutely. I think we're gonna have three spaces this year. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah, it's really awesome. So we're, we're, we're affiliated with Child's Play, so we'll be down there with them. Um, we've got our booth in the Diversity Lounge. Um, we'll have we'll be part of the AFK room again. Fantastic. Well, the 8-Bit crew will be there, including myself, so we'll have to come and say hi and, uh, yeah, have, a, have an awesome event. It's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, let's head to um, – let's go get some lunch at the Boat Builders. Yeah. That's where I usually <laughs> hide from Paxa. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> uh, yeah so thanks for coming on the show and I think uh, I've learnt a few things and hopefully my listeners have got something out of it too thank you so much for having me it's good fun 
Thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can find Jennifer on Twitter at rx underscore pixel. And remember, greatgamesdoneslow.com to check out that fundraiser. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave an iTunes review. really helps get the word out there, helps me feel good about myself. That's over at 8bit.net slash P-I-W. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. And that's also where you can pick up some sweet putting in work merchandise. It's also where you can find the rest of the awesome podcast content from the 8-Bit Collective. Everything you want from nerd and pop culture. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Jono himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.